spring practice is officially underway today and we got the official presser with coach pj fleck today on the books as well we're going to talk about what he said including a player no longer on the roster what could it mean for the gophers moving forward and then a way too early big 10 west tears you're gonna want to stick around for this one you are locked on golden gophers what we're gonna do here we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Turns out, we're just keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, we've got some Gophers football talk today, and there is a lot of updates to get your way, so we're not going to wait. We're not going to delay any further. Just be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube so you don't miss any information moving forward. Now, like I said, today is the official day that spring practices are kicking off for the Gophers football team. They've been in meetings this morning. They are getting together later this afternoon, I believe, for the first practice. If not today, tomorrow will be the first official on the field practice for them. Now, there are spring practices available to the fans this year and a couple to the media as well. And the first two, I want to mention those right away to make sure you're getting the opportunity to get out there and see your gophers in these spring practices because you're not always offered that opportunity. And I think it's a great way to get ahead of cheering for your team, getting to know the insights, getting that insider information. So the first one that's available to fans is Tuesday, March 28th at 5.15 p.m. And the second one is the Tuesday following that, the first Tuesday of April. I believe it is April 4th. Both of those being at 5.15 p.m. So definitely stay tuned. Tap in and follow the Minnesota Football Twitter account. Or you can follow me over at Gophers Kane Rob, And I will be sure to let you know as more information comes out about those days. But we're talking about spring practice. We're talking about the updates that we got from Coach Fleck today during the press conference officially kicking off the spring. And there was some information in there that maybe was expected and wasn't expected. He talked about his style of play and the evolution, or will there be an evolution in the offense with Ethan Kaliak Manis at the quarterback position and the new offensive coordinators as well. He didn't give too much on it, but he did talk about how They've had a team that can really go out there and throw the ball, and then they've had teams that they've really focused on running the ball. And no matter what, they've always ran the ball throughout that tenure, but when they have the personnel to do it, they go out there and they throw the ball. They really try to cater it around the talent they have and the personnel they have. Now, I I agree somewhat, and I disagree a little bit because, again, there has never been a team under P.J. Flex era in the Gophers program that has passed for or been in the top 100 when it comes to total pass attempts. So although they found success through the air in 2019, and boy, oh boy, was it a very successful season for the Gophers overall, especially passing the ball, having two wide receivers make that Big Ten first team. And we know the talents in Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, and even Chris Hopman Bell, who really showed out as the wide receiver three in that pack. But balance 
it was a more balanced offense. I'll give you that. There was more success in the passing game. I will give you that. But the number of attempts when it comes to passing the ball, they were still in the bottom 30 teams when it came to that result. So hopefully we see more pass attempts. Now, passing attempts doesn't automatically equal success or winning or anything of the sort. But if you go ahead and you look at those teams that have been making the playoffs, that have been the best of the best in college football, they're often in the top 80, usually even in the top 50 when it comes to passing attempts, while also remaining in the top 30, top 40 when it comes to rushing the football as well. So Minnesota has the rushing part down. They have the foundation. They have the staple. They have the offensive linemen to really do the thing they want to do is run the ball, control the clock, and control time of possession. No comp- no complaints there. None at all. But now you have the quarterback talent. Not saying Tanner Morgan didn't have the talent. I actually am a big fan of Tanner Morgan overall. But natural arm talent, national natural arm strength, we haven't had a quarterback with this type of talent in quite some time. And Ethan Kalik Menace, I think, is going to be heavily underrated when it comes to national media and the big pundits, even the Big Ten Network and all of that. When they talk about Ethan Kalik Menace, I think you're going to see him consistently lower on the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And I think it's a mistake. And we're going to talk about that on a future episode. I'll even do my own Big Ten quarterbacks rankings. But what I'm saying is the talent is there. We've seen it with our eyes firsthand. We've seen it in the practice practices prior to the season even last year we've heard about it from the scout team or the defense the first team defense when Ethan was playing on the scout team he absolutely has the talent he has the ways to get it done and honestly working with Tanner Morgan was absolutely the best thing for his career in my opinion because Ethan has all of that talent he has all that natural ability but Tanner was a quarterback on the other side of that he might not have been the strongest he might not have been the best like the biggest arm, the best thrower of the football. But when he was accurate, when he could place it on a dime, Tanner mentally, the mental side of the quarterbacking, the mental side of knowing the game and the IQ side of things, Tanner was a grinder. He knows how to watch film because there are special ways to do that. There are ways in which you can prep even better if you're doing it the right way. You can't just sit there and watch the play and Oh, yep, I'm watching it, but what are you learning? What are you addressing? What are you taking away from each clip? What are you looking for specifically? There's so much that goes into film itself. I've been in those team meeting rooms. I've been in, usually I was helping on the defensive side of things. So I've been in the defensive breakdowns where you're in the team meetings with the whole defense. I've been in the positional coach uh, meetings with defense. There are so many intricate aspects of aspects to break down when it comes to watching film. If you're not doing it the right way, it's not going to be helpful. But Tanner Morgan is doing that or was doing that. And I believe being there for Ethan not only will help that part of his game moving forward, but I think just learning from a quarterback that is a complete contrasting style from his own will only be a benefit for him in the long term. Now I was able to, I didn't get to listen to it, but I was able to check out friend of the show, Ryan Burns's pod, or podcast. He did a write-up for it too. And he talked with Ethan Kelly Medis and Ethan even mentioned how Tanner being able to teach him how to watch film was big time. It helped him and he will be able to take that moving forward. And if you haven't checked it out, you definitely need to go check out Gopher radio because you know what? There's not many Gophers podcasts out there. I love that you listen to mine. You should also listen to his if you aren't already. And most of you probably already are because you can't get enough Gophers content. Now, 
Go check it out because he spoke with Ethan himself, and I think it is great insight. But what I'm saying, all of this whole story picture is that the quarterback talent is absolutely something that this program hasn't seen in quite some time. And we need to get him more opportunities to throw the ball, get in his element, get into that flow state and develop the most confidence that we have ever seen. So if we can do that and get into the better passing attempts, I think that will be major for the Gophers football team moving forward. So definitely nice insights from Coach Fleck talking about the adjusting to the personnel and they have more wide receivers coming in. They saw that as maybe a weaker aspect or thinner aspect after some injuries and whatnot last year. But we also found out some more latest news when it came to the receiver room as Dalen Wright is officially no longer on the roster. So that depth we talked about earlier in the offseason, it's a little bit shallower, but there's still a lot of depth in that room. You've still got uh, Daniel Jackson. You still got Chris Ottman Bell, who I anticipate will be the wide receiver one and wide receiver two in this room. But you've also still got two new transfers coming in and Corey Crooms and Elijah Spencer. On top of that, you've got Christian Hoskins, who is an absolute burner. He has jets. I remember seeing it last year in fall camp and just thinking, man, this guy has wheels. So he has maybe more opportunity to get in there. Lameki Brockington, who shows flashes last season, especially in that Wisconsin game. And there was another game where he really showed he can be in there. He can do this thing and be a subtle pair of hands for the Gophers wide receiver room. The depth is still all in there. And then you're talking about, you have a bunch of true freshmen coming in as well in Danielle Hayes, in Kenrick Lanier, in TJ McWilliams, the depth is still there. So I'm not too worried about it. Now, Dalen Wright was a freak athlete, freak body build. He was built for the NFL. He is an NFL type body. He has speed, but it didn't work out. I'm not sure on all of the reasons why, but you know, it is what it is and we have to move forward. So wish him nothing but the best, but we'll see who can step up in his wake in his stead. Will it be, I think Corey Crooms is still the wide receiver three, likely the first slot receiver to get looks. We'll see that as the spring practices start to unwind, but I think Elijah Spencer is going to put his name in the hat. I wouldn't be surprised. I really like Kenrick Lanier, so I am excited to see what he does with this team. Lameki Brockington, Christian Hoskins, I think all of those guys now have the opportunity to step into more snaps, more more opportunities for themselves. So that is what that wide receiver room is looking like, and that is something we learned today with the presser. Another thing we learned on the offensive side of the ball is that the Gophers might be willing to shake things up, move people around. Now, Ariante Ursary will be a staple over there at the left tackle. I think he's locked in and ready to go. But don't be surprised if the Gophers really shift things around and you see people in all sorts of different spaces when it comes to the offensive line. In fact, I'm not even going to try to sum this one up. I'm going to play you the clip verbatim. Here's what PJ Fleck had to say about the offensive line. Yeah, we're going to move a lot of things around up front. You know, I mean, you know us, we, we play eight, nine guys. Um, you know, you're going to have five starters and then you're going to find rotations. Like one year we had six, I said we had six starters, right? Because we had a lot of offensive linemen. But what a lot of these guys can do that are this particular team is they can play tackle, but they can play guard. Some can play center as well. We're just going to find where do they fit best for the 2023 season. And we're going to find that out in spring. But you're going to see a lot of people. So you'll see Nathan Bobo play center, play guard. You're going to see J.J. Gaudet play tackle. But play guard. You're going to see Martez Lewis play tackle and guard. Quinn Carroll can move all around. 
um, you know, you're going to see, you know, even young guys like Greg Johnson's come in here and, and really kind of accelerated, uh, made, uh, made us accelerate his growth fast. Um, and you're going to see Tyler Cooper compete at different spots. So I'm excited because there's a lot of competition out there. You look at a guy like Tony Nelson, uh, who redshirted last year. He's leaps and bounds ahead of where he was last year. Ashton Beers, tons ahead of where he was. And then you obviously have, I think Ariante will be, you know, pretty much that left tackle position. We probably might, might not move around Ariante a little bit. He wants a little tight end, though. He wants the ball here and there. So uh, we'll see. I told him we'll see. Um, so. But I think through the O-line, I think it's going to be a little bit more, let's see who the best five are and which position are the best five best at. All right. So we've got we've got a little bit of stuff to work with here. A couple names in there that stood out to me was Greg Johnson. Greg Johnson getting the love. And, you know, we've been a fan of him over here at the podcast, just haven't been sure of will he get an opportunity from the jump but it looks like he has been really standing out and really advancing himself when it's been in this strength and conditioning type workouts and the other things that they've been able to do off of the field in this early sessions and now that spring practice is officially happening if he can show that he is up to snuff and up to speed with everything that is thrown at him early in this camp that would be a fun name to really have cement himself in this line moving forward as a true freshman that could be huge that could be a staple for the Gophers offense moving forward but one thing that I think is undervalued he not only talked about it in this offensive line clip that I just played for you but he also talked about when he was talking about the leaders when I asked him more about the vocal leadership and we lost Tanner Morgan John Michael Schmitz Jordan Howden uh Mariano Story Marin a lot of these guys were the guys, Mo Ibrahim, I can't leave him on the list. I had to throw it in even after I moved on. A lot of those guys were the faces of the program, were the guys you were seeing in the pressers, were the guys that you were hearing from the most often. All those guys are gone now. And so who steps up into that vocal leadership role? And he named Tyler Newbin. We all know Tyler Newbin has kind of been in that role already, but names that stood out to me were Justin Wally, love to hear it, um, Cody Lindenberg, Kind of saw that one slowly trending. We saw that towards the end of the year, him getting more involved in pressers and things like that, but not too surprising there. Uh, and then uh, he wants the quarterback to eventually get into that. So I think we'll hear a lot more from Ethan Kalik Manis this year. But a name that really stood out to me was Nathan Bow. Nathan Bow, I think he's going to find a way as a starter in this offense. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the center at this point. He's been waiting patiently behind one of the best centers in the entire country. In my opinion, the best center in the entire country, John Michael Schmidt. So now he has an opportunity to make a name for himself, but also to stand out and be that leader at the forefront, especially on a position that has to communicate the most. So I think we're going to hear a lot more from him. I think we're going to see a lot more from him, and I'm excited for it because one nugget that PJ Fleck threw out there in the presser today was that nobody loves Minnesota and Minnesota football more than Nathan Bow. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, and it's intriguing to me. This offensive line, I feel very confident in the position, but I'm excited to see how it starts to shake out. You're going to see guys like Martez Lewis, who was fighting for a tackle position last year. You're going to see guys like maybe Quinn Carroll, maybe J.J. Gaudet. All of them were fighting for that right tackle position. Maybe they move to guard position. Maybe they move inside. We'll see what happens, and it's going to be a fun time to really dive in deep on a position that maybe goes over or underlooked in the offensive line. So those were 
were some of the notes that stood out the most for me today when Coach PJ Fleck was talking about it in today's opening presser. Now, before we get to the fun stuff, before we talk about way too early tiers for the Big Ten West, which will be a fun little exercise for us, I want to talk about one position group that I think is maybe the most concerning for the Gophers moving forward. And the thing that I have circled on my notes as far as what I'm paying most attention to in the spring practices and spring game. There's one position of most concern for me, and I'm diving in deep next. What do you think it is? All right, Gophers fans, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Our friends over at FanDuel are bringing you nothing but the best, and they are giving you a chance at a no-sweat first bet. And what that means is if you win, you get money back because you won. You know how it works when it comes to betting, sports betting apps. But when you lose in this case, you also get money back. You get a chance at up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and you'll get a no sweat first bet. So that's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. And you can bet on basically anything out there when it comes to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app. It's safe, secure, and super simple to use. Absolutely it's, it's the best of the best out there, in my opinion, and it is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers daily sports. Now, we're talking about the position of most concern, in my opinion, when it comes to the Gophers football team moving forward. Maybe it'll be addressed in the transfer portal after the spring sessions are done. Maybe it won't. There's some names that have been standing out in it, and I've heard some good things about some players in it, but it definitely has the least amount of depth, in my opinion, and we definitely have some questions to be answered there but before we talk about it i want you to be sure to hit subscribe on the youtube channel because tomorrow we are doing a gophers hockey round table with some of the best voices out there gophers hockey experts including the play-by-play for bali sports it's the, for the gophers on bali sports himself along with alex micheletti who you can hear all over talking about locked on wild with uh Seth, or you got MNCAA podcast where they talk about Minnesota hockey teams all over the state. And then we've got Dylan Lauks, who is one of my favorite scouting and analysts when it comes to Gophers hockey, a round table with all three experts. We dive in on predictions. We dive in on the most important players for the Gophers and we dive into the regions themselves. Do not miss it and be sure to hit subscribe. So you don't now backing it up back to football. We're talking the the position that is the most concerned for me. And I'm going to stop delaying and just let you know, it's the cornerbacks. The cornerbacks have me a little bit worried for the Gophers heading into the 2023 football season. Now, why is that concerned to me? Well, there's a couple of reasons. We lost uh, Terrell Smith. Tea time was a staple and a great man defender for this team. Now, Justin Wally is really good and he held his own. And I look forward to what he brings to the team moving forward, especially as he is stepping into more leadership as we had heard. But the reason that I'm getting a little concerned is because it seems like outside of Justin Wally, there are a lot of question marks. Now you've got some young guys that could step up and some young guys that I think are very promising. And I'm hearing nothing but good things about a few of them as well. Now, two guys from last year, true freshmen last year, but they both red shirt 
Tariq Watson and Ryland Kelly. I think both of those guys are going to have opportunities. And let me tell you, I am hearing fantastic things about Ryland Kelly. I am hearing that he is really holding his own. He's showing out. He's doing good things within these early stages of the program for, so far. He was standing out in the rofer periods. And he's from Canada as well. And you know what gopher cornerback was from Canada and started to grow and come into his own and really show out? Benjamin St. Juiced. Little Benjamin St. Juice, that is what we could maybe have on our hands in Rylan Kelly, and that should be music to Gophers fans' ears. But again, it's a really young room, and I don't know how much depth is in there at the cornerback position. So I think those three are names that you'll definitely see out there. I think you're going to see Ryan Stapp out there. We'll see if he's able to step into more opportunity and find more success with the Gophers team. I think it was more of an up-and-down season for him last year. But then that's four guys. You got four guys locked in there as corner uh, players for the Gophers that'll be in these early spring sessions. A name that won't be there for the spring sessions, but will be here in the fall and be able to maybe make a name, make some noise for himself right away from the jump is Zaquan Bryan. Now, Zaquan was mentioned by Coach Fleck on the signing day as potentially the most ready and uh, most athletic prospect of the bunch. Him and Darius Taylor got a lot of love when it came to Coach Fleck talking about them as athletes and guys that if things shake out the right way, if they pick it up fast enough, they could maybe make impacts right away as true freshmen. Now we've seen true freshmen make an impact at the cornerback position. We saw it in Justin Wally. And so maybe Zaquan Ryan can also step into that type of uh, potential, that type of opportunity because he is fast. He is a ball hawk. He has played wide receiver and not just played wide receiver. He's been an all state level wide receiver in the state of Savannah or in the state of Georgia in Savannah, Georgia. And he held his own, not just for a year, but multiple years, won multiple championships with his team down there. Dude's an athlete. Dude is humble. Dude is hungry. That is what I'm going to say. Saquon Bryan really intrigues me. Rylan Kelly really intrigues me. Tariq Watson showed me flashes last year that got me excited. So there is definitely some youth on this team at the quarter cornerback position that is very intriguing. But overall, I don't know who's going to be ready from the jump. So that's what causes me the most concern. Now you pair that youth, you pair that inexperience to what the conference is starting to look like. And that is where the concern comes in for me. So you're talking about a Wisconsin team that goes out and signs the OC from uh, North Carolina who likes to really spread the ball out and throw the ball a ton. Then they bring in a quarterback in Tanner Mordecai who absolutely threw the ball like crazy at SMU. Um, they've got a guy who knows how to throw the ball. Four-star guy came from Oklahoma, was one of the better prospects in his class. They've got quarterbacks with the talent. They've got an OC who wants to gunsling that thing. They've got some wide receivers now stepping into the positions to go out there and produce. That's a team that's going to want to pass and pass a lot. Nebraska usually finds a lot of fast, speedy talent out there, and they're going to want to pass and pass a lot. They might run a little bit more, but they went out there and got themselves a new quarterback. They went out there and got themselves some speedsters. And so not only do you have to keep up with these athletic wide receivers across the conference, but you also have to keep up with athletic wide receivers that are extremely fast 
across the conference. So the Gophers cornerbacks are going to have some challenges this year. And so you've got that. You've got Wisconsin stepping up in the passing game. You've got Nebraska possibly stepping up in the passing game. You've got Ohio State on your schedule this year who can pass the lights out of the ball. And they've got Marvin Harrison Jr. coming back who should have been the Bolitnikoff winner last year. You've got Michigan who started to come into their own with passing the ball when J.J. McCarthy got more confidence in the college football playoffs. They've also got three or four Freshman receivers from last year, I believe all of them redshirted, but they were talked about by Coach Jim Harbaugh as some of the best receivers that he has had in his time as true freshmen come through, some of the most athletic guys. So you're starting to see a lot of this Big Ten conference is slowly bringing in a lot more reasons to throw the ball. Then you look at Iowa, who brought in Cade McNamara from Michigan to play quarterback. So they're trying to get a quarterback who is more inept and more able to pass the ball. Look, it looks like the Big Ten is all slowly starting to gear towards passing and passing more heavily. And so how do we address that at the cornerback position? That is why I have some some hesitancies. That is what I will be looking for the most when it comes to Gophers spring football. Now, that being said, I do think the Gophers are going to compete with the best of them in the Big Ten West. And we're going to talk about the tiers of the Big Ten West with so many coaching changes coming into play and so much change in the Big Ten West. Who do I think are the true contenders, the tweeners, and the bull-bound teams? And then maybe who is at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the Big Ten West? We're diving into that coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, here we go. We're talking about a way too early. Now, I know it's too early. So much can change. We don't even really know what these rosters are fully going to look like until maybe July. But we're still going to do it anyway. A way too early tiers for the Big Ten West and who are true contenders in the Big Ten West division, who are maybe teams that are on the verge of contention, bull-bound teams, but maybe not guys who will actually contend for this top spot. And then, sorry, it ain't happening is the last category for me. So let's dive in. I've got two contenders with one tweener, one person right on the edge of being considered a contender, but I've just got to see more before I can give it to them. Now, the contenders, don't call me a homer on this one. I've got the Gophers on there, and I've also got Iowa. I think Iowa is legit. They've got some stability. They've got some more talent coming in. They always have a really good defense. They always have really good special teams. The question has always been on offense. And you know what? They brought in a great talent in Cade McNamara. I think Luke Lachey is a monster. I've thought that since he signed with Iowa, I think that they are setting themselves up to find more success in the passing game. And the running back there, Caleb Johnson, I think he has all the talent to be one of the best running backs in the college football conference of the Big Ten. And Big Ten is known as one of the best conferences for running the ball. We run the ball a lot here in the Big Ten, and I think Caleb Johnson is only going to get better in that department. Now, he showed out last year in spurts. There were games where he was cracking over 100, multiple touchdowns. He's going to be a dude. Now, he might not be a Nick Singleton. He might not be... uh, Travion Henderson, both guys who have maybe gotten NFL looks since they officially signed on the dotted line. Those guys are NFL type talents that you anticipate will be early picks if they continue to produce and produce heavily as college running backs. But it's the guys who have to scrap their way up, the Chase Browns, the Mo Ibrahims, the guys that go out there and they do it. Uh, Braylon Allen is a big time running back. I think Braylon Allen, Nick Singleton, those guys are probably going to lead the pack in the big 10, 
But don't be surprised if you see a name like Caleb Johnson really showing out this next season. So Iowa and the Gophers are both of my contenders for the Big Ten West. I think defensively, they're going to be there. I think offensively, they've got the pieces to do it. They always show consistently when it comes to O-line play and defense. So I think that's why they put themselves in that category. I think Ethan is a huge benefit for the Gophers, and I think he's going to show a lot of people that this year. And I think having Cade McNamara is going to be huge for Iowa, especially even though they have Brian Ferentz as their OC, which we all know, like it's time to go. But family, fam, uh, blood is thicker than water over there in Iowa. So those are my two contenders, and my tweener is Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is the hardest to rate, in my opinion, because there are so many question marks, but the potential is high. I mean, Fickle has shown that he can get to the college football playoff, and he has also shown when he coached for Ohio State as an interim head coach that he barely went 500. I think he actually went three and five in his time with Ohio state. So the big 10 is just different. Yes. He had success with Cincinnati, but that doesn't mean he's going to turn Wisconsin into a playoff bound team in one year. So I think he'll find success. I think he's setting himself up really well. I think the offensive coordinator is great hire. I think some of the players they brought in from the transfer portal are really good. I think they flipped some nice cornerbacks to hold their own in the Big Ten with this potential evolution or revolution towards passing in the Big Ten. So I think overall they're setting themselves up really well long term, but I'm not convinced that it's going to be successful from the jump. I'm not convinced that they're going to be an 8-10 to 10 win team right away. Now, could they get to that? Yes, but I think a lot of media, national media pundits are putting them in the top 25 from the jump, and I'm just not there. I'm not there until I see some proof, and the proof needs to be right there in front of me before I can buy in because I'm not there. Having success from the jump in college football and some of the best conferences in the whole entire nation, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. So I've got them as a tweener. I don't think it's out of the question, but I'm just not there. Now, bowl-bound teams is what I call six to eight wins. Um, contenders, I had the eight to 10 wins because the Big Ten West can be a scrappy division. You can sometimes win it at eight. I think last year's winner had nine wins. So we will see what happens with the contenders. But the bowl-bound teams are Nebraska and Illinois, in my opinion. I think both have great coaching. Uh, we'll see what Matt Rule does. He's always had struggles in his first year, which people are tending to ignore right away. Um, but then he has been able to turn it up with the speed and with the athleticism with his teams that he's built at Temple and Baylor. I think he's going to potentially find more success with Nebraska, with their recruiting base, with the huge fan base, with a television presence because of their historic traditions. But I still think it's going to take time. If I think it's going to take time with Wisconsin and Luke Fickle, you better believe I think it's going to take time with Nebraska and Matty Rule over there. So I think that they can maybe sneak into that six, seven wins category. I think the Gophers are catching them at the right time in week one of the college football landscape, but I got them in the bowl bound. And then I can't put Brett Bielema outside of the bowl bound teams. He's going to find a way to get it done, even though he's losing a ton of production from his team last year, a team that didn't even end up winning the division, even though they looked like they were bound for that trajectory. They ended up like third in the division. Technically, I think Iowa and Purdue, Purdue was first. Iowa was right there on the edge. And I think Illinois with chances to win was third in their probability of winning when it came to the final week of big 10 play. So I think Illinois will be there, but I don't think they're quite 
up to the caliber of contending with how much production they are losing in Chase Brown and a bunch of defenders and their starting quarterback. It's just a lot to lose in one year. And then the last category for me is sorry, but it ain't happening. It ain't happening. And that is Purdue with the new coach, Ryan Walters, who comes from Illinois and helps set up that huge defense, that big time defense. But again, I think it's going to take time. You've got a lot of departures. I mean, you got Hudson Card coming in, but Hudson Card isn't anything to write home about, in my opinion. He gets a lot of amp and a lot of love because he went to Texas, and then he was mediocre at Texas. And he split a lot of time with Casey Thompson back and forth with Texas. And he got beat out by Quinn Ewers at Texas. Like, I'm not scared of Hudson Card. I think he's going to he's gonna name that people are going to amp up, but I'll take Ethan Kaliak-Manis over Hudson Card any day. And I don't care. Like, I think Ethan Kaligmanis has more talent throwing off platform, a bigger arm. I think Ethan Kaligmanis is a better quarterback than Hudson Card. And I've been seeing out there people putting Hudson Card as number six in the Big Ten quarterbacks and Ethan at 10. Sorry, but you're going to find out the hard way. That's just not how it's going to be. And so Purdue, I've got them in the sorry, but it ain't happening. Just too much changing, too much unknowns for them and then northwestern northwestern has been at the bottom of the barrel for many years now i think they have like four wins in the last three years or something like that three full seasons maybe they haven't been successful and people love to amp up and gas up pats Fitzgerald, but i think he might be one of the most overrated coaches in the big 10 he's a great charismatic guy great leader of men but when it comes to developing players and getting them to win games Outside of a COVID year and one other year in his tenure, it hasn't been great. So yes, if you have coached for 10 plus years, if you've coached for 12, 15 years, you're going to find a handful of successful years in there. But overall, when you've had years where you're getting three wins, one win, I'm just, I'm sorry, but it's time to go. It's time to move on. And I think Northwestern is going to learn the hard way potentially that it's, it could end up an ugly breakup if they keep losing games and can't find a way to get back to a competing level. And I just don't see it. So sorry, but it ain't happening. That's going to do it for us today at Locked On Golden Gophers. Let me know your two early tiers. Where was I wrong? Should Wisconsin be up? Should Wisconsin be down? What are we thinking here? Let me know in the comments over on YouTube and be sure to hit subscribe as you continue on so you don't miss a single thing about Gophers sports. Now, tomorrow we've got the hockey roundtable. And then the next day after that, we're talking with our friend Daniel House, who we're going to dive in on our thoughts of what to look for in spring ball even further. I'll see you then. Roll the boat. Sky Yuma. Go, go, first.